Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Soft Rep Radio. I am your host, Rad, and I have the special privilege to hang out and talk with Dino Gardner, ranger, photographer, you know, all around human. And Dino, how are you today? Hey, man, I'm good. Rad, it's good to be here. Thank you so much. Hey, we're very excited to have you on. When I found out you were going to be the guest and I started to look into you and find out Okay, first of all, let's talk about Top Gun, this book that I found that you have. Okay, let's just dive into it. You're a photographer. I love photographers. I know some F-stops, some, you know, uh, macro lenses and some telephoto lenses. But my man, in the years that you were doing photography in the back of these these machines, you were needing to know the light, the speed, the film. I mean, you're doing it hand, right? I mean, tell me more. Let's hear it. Well, first, I taught myself photography in the back seat of an F4, F14, A4, F15, F16, FA18. 
because I had never taken pictures before, except, you know, those little silly selfies we did in ninth grade with those Minolta cameras that are, the, you know, the wide ones thin, like pancakes. With the square flash on them and whatnot. Yeah, man. <laughs> and so, you know, I only wanted to fly just one time. I never set out to be a military aviation photographer. Never. It wasn't on any of my lists. It wasn't in any of my dreams. And I just wanted to fly one time in the F-4, the same aircraft my dad flew in Vietnam. He was a Air Force fighter pilot. So I grew up in the atmosphere decades. And the first gig I got was at the... Uh, well, first, I saw Top Gun, the movie, 26 times in a theater in Los Angeles. Of course. Uh, I was a scientist at the time, biophysics at University of Southern California. And I was just enamored. I was floored by the movie. I mean, who watches a movie 26 times in a theater? You know, that's kind of stupid. It just pulled I you mean, in. Back then, I mean, it cost maybe 50 cents. <laughs> it did. It just sucked you right in. And I said, I want to do that right, just one right. time. What is that, like 84 that one, 86, summer of 86. 86. Summer of 86. Yeah, okay, okay. And I said, and then after that, I said, I want to fly one time. So I called the Air Force's equivalent of Navy's Top Gun. And the Air Force, it was the uh, fighter weapons school at Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada. And I sent a polite letter and asked him if I could uh, fly and take, not take pictures, but if I could fly and do an article for a magazine. And they sent a polite reply, no, you can't fly in our aircraft, <laughs> but you're welcome right. to come out. And I did. And I'm glad I did because the commandant, who was a full colonel, he gave me a, a tour and also um, an hour-long lecture in a like a thousand-seat lecture hall. And he and I were the only ones there. And he just very casually dropped this. He said, oh, yeah, I knew your dad in Vietnam. He took me on my first combat missions. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so the, the nepotism got me a lot of access to – sure. Like Top Gun. To all the places I went to, but I didn't ask for it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Man. I didn't ask for it. I didn't plan on it. Uh, people just knew my dad, and, and then they knew people that I knew. I didn't get to fly there at the uh, U.S. Air Force Fighter Weapons School, but Colonel Everts, Colonel Russ Everts, the, uh, the commandant of the school, wrote a beautiful letter of recommendation on my behalf, and I took that to other units. And sure. one of them said yes. It was a California F-4 unit in March Air Force Base. And uh, they said, yeah, sure, come out and fly. And so I went out there and uh, went through altitude training, and they outfitted me with flight suit and other things. I wore my like dad's Like a G-suit, like right? Like that green G-suit, right? That like, yep, that's right, that's what it is. Yeah. So it keeps your blood flow and everything. And you have like a, a way to pee, don't you? Nah, you're only up there for a couple hours at a time. No, okay, it's not okay. like uh, those combat missions that, the, you know, the, that they fly uh, and do tanker. Yeah, refuel. Refueling from tankers. But no, so... um I got ready, got in the aircraft, the F-4E, and, you know, that was exciting enough. And we took off. The afterburners didn't light. The mandate is if the after, afterburner doesn't light just before takeoff, then you abort. But my pilot, uh, Major John Groff, said, ah, fuck it. Let's just get out there. And we took off. And so we flew for about sure. five minutes. And I thought, hey, that, that's going to be all the cockpit time that I get. And I would have been perfectly fine with that. Sure. So we land and um, the CEO comes out and he says to John, hey, man, I give you one job to do and, you know, you F it up. And, and then he looked at me and he says, hey, come back again, uh, say, in a couple of weeks and bring your camera next time. Wow. Oh, but, but I forgot one important part. That first flight was delayed by a couple of weeks because the time that I was supposed to fly, you remember the uh, actor Dean Martin, one of the rat Yeah, actors? I do. Sure, 100%. With oh, Sammy Davis Jr. Sure. and Jerry Lewis and all those guys. Yeah. Yep. Well, his son, Dean Paul Martin, 
was, <laughs> oh, it was a captain in the Air National Guard and sure. at that same unit. That very week I was supposed to fly, he and his backseater flew into the side of a mountain, disintegrated their aircraft. So the uh, CEO called me and said, look, let's wait, wait about a week and let this die down. And, and so then that's when I went out there the following week. But um, being able to grab a camera, because I had just gotten, uh, I think, something in the mail from J.C. Penney. It was a $1,000 card, one of those little store cards. So I went to J.C. Penney, got a Canon T90 in another lens, and then I went out to March. And in the next flight I had, I took a bunch of pictures, and they were gorgeous, modesty aside. Yeah, Everybody just... loved them. And I took those to the Pentagon. And someone there, a National Guard Bureau, started making calls to all the units so that I started flying with a bunch of guys. And it just led to another and another. And after the F-4, there was a A-7 and the F-4 or the F-15, F-16. And then eventually I found myself at Top Gun because a friend of mine had a buddy, his one of his dearest friends, who was an instructor pilot, an Air Force instructor pilot, exchange pilot at Top Gun. And so I got to fly with him in 1990 a couple of times. And then those pictures uh, found their way to three or four-star admiral up in the Pentagon. And he said, hey, uh, you want to do a book? I said, heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, why not? And uh, so I got approval to, yeah, man. So I got approval to fly at Top Gun for a couple of weeks. Wow. And then aboard uh, an aircraft carrier in the F-18. You went to Miramar. And so this was, (laughs) oh, man, it was just a whirlwind. Right. Just a whirlwind of fun, Rad. And I got better and better in your book. As I was going through your book, I saw a photo of you with Val Kilmer, you know, friend, you know, and <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're everything. Yeah, you're all about became, Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw him at the Tampa Bay Comic Con and it was at a time he couldn't really speak very well. But sure. I got to tell him all about what I did uh, at Top Gun and a little bit about my background. So he asked me to stick around. And we had a nice conversation. I really loved the guy. Wonderful, wonderful human being. I've watched his whole documentary, um, his last documentary that he's just made with his son. Yes. And I think it's just fabulous. And I'm, Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Amazon Prime, it was beautiful. Yes. Yeah, and Val, it's just so cool to talk to absolutely. you because you yeah, actually talk to him. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, I did. And, you know, I didn't realize he's six feet tall, man. He's a big yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, he right. made Tom Cruise. You know, Tom Cruise comes up to here on me or something like that. But Val Kilmer, sure. man, that guy, I loved him. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I would imagine because I'm six foot five myself. So it's like, you know, wow, you know, where Tom, Tom Cruise would come to me right here. I'm down, <laughs> though. Hey, if he wants to do a movie, yes. let's do it. I'll hang him from the side of an hel- aircraft. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> you can photograph crazy, it. Right? <laughs> you gotta, yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I would not do again. I would not want to fly again. Too many things oh, went wrong. I had some close calls with death getting punched. I almost punched myself out of an F-16 no because uh, I used to wear this uh, Minolta light meter and it had a long cord that extended around my neck and down about a foot and a half, two feet. Sure. And we were pulling, we were doing some maneuvers and then pulling G's and somehow I got pushed down over the the hand, the ejection seat handle, the Minolta light meter loop looped around the ejection seat handle and when i oh. jerked back up it pulled the handle one detent there are two the first one is to get your attention and the second one well you you're going to be the <laughs> in 30 g's and you're going to be uh exiting the aircraft unceremoniously yeah and that was an f-16 right 
Yeah, F-16. So I yeah. made some mistakes that nearly killed me, <laughs> but I was, I had the wherewithal not to do too many stupid things. We run out of oxygen. When I was flying at Top Gun, it was, it was routine in the F-14 that the uh, oxygen would run out. And so we'd be up there like 30, 35,000 feet. The oxygen goes out. I say, hey, talk to my pilot. I said, hey, man, can't breathe back here. He said, oh, okay. So we do a, a split S and just kind of go down and down till we get to about 15,000 feet. Oh, how, can you breathe again? <laughs> you know, the Navy, they're so casual. And this is all from you being a civilian scientist photographer now, right? That's what we're talking about here. Like you're rolling with these guys. I was a scientist at the time, yeah. You've not been enlisted in the military. You are now. No. You are a no, military no. brat who has traveled with his father. That's right. Air Force. Yeah. Air Force. Okay. Yeah. Like me, I was a military brat. My dad yeah. being a Green Beret. Right. So yeah. we have that. Yeah, Army. Yeah, Army. And then at 30 some odd years old, how old did you decide to finally enlist in the military? And and what the hell was it that you needed any further? <laughs> That's a good Tell me. Well, for one, uh, it goes back to ninth grade when I was 15. I made a list. Yeah. And my brother was used to make lists of everything. And he fulfilled all of his goals. Would really, really cool guy. So I made a list of a life plan, things that I would do. So I was going to be uh, a marine biologist because I read the book Jaws and then saw the movie. I wanted to be a Matt Hooper in the movie, not the book, because he got eaten in the book. Sure, sure. And (laughs) and it would be a neurobiologist, a a brain biologist. I didn't know the term back then, because I wanted to find out what made me so weird and funky and geeky. Then I wanted, my dad used to send, when when he was in Vietnam, he used to send me these uh, Stars and Stripes articles about the 75th Rangers, long-range reconnaissance and patrol guys. And I said, I want to do that. That's right, Lerps. I want to do that. Oh, yeah. And and so I just went through over the years and checked the blocks. And then after that, of course, I read Dogs of War by Frederick Forsyth. And I said, I want to do some kind of Merc work, but I want to help people in some way. I don't want to go out there and kill a bunch of guys like in the in the book. Yes. Yeah. So I had those four bullets and I just checked the block. The first one, marine biology check, neurobiology check, and uh, rangers at, at age 35 check, and then did Merc work after that. And then by the time I... I hit almost age 53. I was still hunting poachers in Africa. And I said, you know, maybe it's time to quit. <laughs> so, BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Wow. So hunting poachers for the rhinoceroses' tusks and the elephants' tusks and all that, just poachers in general, well, right? They, yeah, the po- yeah, the poachers, they'd have these small camps, and they usually had only two or three people per camp. And they would march out for days and days. they collect as much as they possibly could. Then they had their buddies come in trucks and haul the, the booty away. And so I'd go get those guys before they did too much damage. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, there was a show about that. Oh, there, yeah, there have been a few. Yeah, right. And, you know, in Africa, it's just about anything is fair game. And that's really, really sad because I spent a lot of time with animals. I was followed around by hyenas. And I'm not talking about those Discovery Channel slash Nat Geo hyenas that, you know, that come up to maybe here. My matriarch was way up here. She was a big, wow. big girl. And they were, she was about, Lion she was King in my style. position, probably about 10 <laughs> meters. <laughs> Big baby. <laughs> and so they followed me on 10 missions and they were the uh, cleanup crew. Oh, wow. For sure, dude. Why not? Did, Call the wolf. Yeah, man. Pulp Fiction style. Really, Get some hyenas <laughs> up in here. <laughs> yep. We got them. And uh, that's what's up, dude. That was a wonder of the world, man, being around those animals that saw me as an alpha male on an African savanna and in a delta, southern Botswana. I never never thought something like that would happen because I've been around lots of sharks. I've spent thousands of hours underwater, mostly on scuba with different species of shark. So I knew how sharks reacted to me because back at that time, I was at Scripps Institution of Oceanography and we measured electric fields around humans. And we found that my electric field was so unusual, it was about four to five times the magnitude of anybody else's. And I'm talking to anybody. 
So there's something going on with my chemistry that the hyenas certainly picked up on. Sharks picked up on it. Yeah. I was never around a white shark, but big, huge hammerheads and makos. And they always... Maybe it's just your confidence. <laughs> no, it's more to it than that, man. I don't know what it is. It's something more than really. <laughs> you know, you just Because there have been some times there. that I was just scared. Yeah, I feel like I did. And I, I think I it could have been or a fish. Who knows? So I, I had a I had a great raid time. <laughs> so going through the army, if you're going from the army to going after poachers, when you went to the army and you went through boot camp and you get through that aspect of, you know, your initial drill, did you get pulled into the Rangers? Did you go in with a Ranger contract at thirty at your thirty five years old? I had a Ranger contract. I had a ra- I got a Ranger contract that would ensure that I went to a Ranger battalion, provided I passed RIP, which was the Ranger indoctrination program. Nowadays, I think it's called RASP, Ranger Assessment Program. And so I, we, we start off in, with RIP. I mean, I went to basic and then advanced and then airborne school, of course. And then mm-hmm. after that was RIP. And we started off with 150 tough kids. And there were some couple of linebackers from University of Texas and Oklahoma, and the starting linebackers who were there who wanted to become Rangers. Sure. And uh, all those guys washed out. We, we started with 150, got down to 75, and I was number two, right behind this little Vietnamese guy who could run about a six-minute two-mile. I mean, he, was, uh-huh. he ran like a, a tornado. Just quick. So I knew, yeah, I knew that I was meant for this. I was good at it. And I learned very, very quickly, and I watched everybody around me make lots of mistakes, and I just made sure I didn't make those same mistakes. I, I had the poise of, oh, again, a 35-year-old man because – I wasn't some 18-year-old kid who uh, was easily brainwashed and easily manipulated and handled by the drill sergeants and by uh, the RIP instructors and later on the NCOs and officers at my Ranger Battalion, 175, 1st Ranger Battalion. So I could go. I went in as a, as a middle-aged man with enough wisdom and experience not to buy into the BS and to just listen really, really well, be respectful, do my job. And these guys let me get away with murder. I was initially a rifleman and a grenadier and then a machine gunner. But my first sergeant and CEO, I had I went through several of them. They allowed me to work out with the snipers, with mortar uh-huh. guys, with the AT, the anti-tank guys. I got to be under the guise of photography, doing photographs for a sure. book. And so... I got to do things that no other no other ranger did, and I, I got these skills that are unheard of, because rangers go in and they learn a few skills at duty positions, like a machine gunner, like rifleman, and they become a team leader and they learn small unit tactics and leadership. But I hit every single duty station just because I said I wanted to photograph for a book. But I worked out with these guys, take photos of it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I did that, but I was also learning all the sniper rifles, the Barrett. Exactly. The, uh, M24, the 7.62, and then the, the AT4 with the AT guys and the law. It was, I knew that I was going to do some kind of Merc work afterwards. So I got in as much training as a Ranger as I yep. possibly could. Right. Uh, I also got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> war college. Because um, <laughs> as a 35-year-old, war, it was a war college, man. It was, yeah, that's what yeah, I say. I got into some trouble. It is. Yeah. And it was like getting a PhD in warfare and in small unit tactics and yep. just general ranger and doing basic special operations. Yeah. I, I could not have paid 
any amount of money no. to have gotten the not gain the knowledge and experience that yeah. I got when I was a ranger and all those guys, these kids were half my age, literally. And they were my mentors and my teachers and sure. my professors. Sure. When I went through the air force, I met a 17 year old and I was 21 and I became grandpa right away at 21. I was like, grandpa. <laughs> That's funny. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, no one ever called me grandpa or dad or anything like that because I looked exactly like him. Right. I had the same, you know, clear skin. I was slender. I was very super strong. And you couldn't tell the difference between me and an 18 year old guy, except maybe tell you. that electric field effect. Between me and 60 guys, I was the oldest so, one. I was like, geez. <laughs> are you serious? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and then Force, another, yeah. another guy got pulled into our, our flight, and uh, he was 36 from Chicago. So he took over the title of grandpa. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. What you do in the Air Force, bro? Not much. I got a direct. Some people say, what direction did the military give you? And mine gave me a U-turn to come back and start over again. So I went through a. <laughs> an ACL injury and I just, uh, you turned back yeah. and now I, I do war games now. And I just, uh, you know, I know, man, I, I read about that and you told me a little bit, that's fun stuff. It, it's yeah, fun. it is. And I work with veterans. Even though I've already been through that. Yeah, no, it's true. And I work with guys, you know, sometimes going to the range is cool, but you know, there's that moment of stupidity where you can just do something dumb with a real firearm, right? We, we hear about it, you know, and suicide yeah. awareness is a big deal with us. And so if you come out and play, war yes. games yes. you still get that camaraderie you still get that like hey uh i'm gonna move to the right flank okay cool well at least we're gonna go home later you can't shoot me in the back <laughs> like you can but you can't yeah. you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes <laughs> so everybody gets to go home and uh it's a good pill to swallow if you want to look for somebody to hang out with you just look up the local airsoft community in your area gotcha. and you'll find something yeah for sure yeah i'd like to do that because i do miss the uh, camaraderie of ranger battalion my ranger company charlie sure. company, hard rock charlie and it's something that you only experience once in, in your life and i knew that i was going to be there only for a few years for the four years and then move on so i wanted to absorb as much of it as i possibly could and pay attention to every detail along the way as opposed to taking things for granted which is what most people do respectfully so i paid attention and i savored and i smelled the roses along sure. the way and took as much as i possibly could and i've got some great memories not to mention lessons learned great experience and even though i'm not uh, doing those overseas missions after like i did afterward i did over 230 I still have those lessons learned, especially the discipline and sure. just sucking it up. Because <laughs> right. when I first got there, man, I, I, I didn't do it out loud, but I was whining. <laughs> yeah, you're just and, compartmentalizing and moaning, it internally. <laughs> yeah. I, I did because I did not want to be that guy. But yeah, sometimes it came out and I looked like a little sissy. <laughs> really proud of you getting through that at, at what is known as an older age of 35, quote unquote, you know. You proved everybody just like, what's up? Yeah. And, you know, and it wasn't because I wanted to prove anything at all. That's just what I did. I this is something I wanted to do. And I sure. did. And the fact is that it, it was at, at an age that you should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> all my friends who were 35 saying, there's something wrong with you, boy. There is something very, very wrong. You got lots of, lots of loose change, loose screws, a lot of missing parts up there in that head of yours. So. 
I'm glad I did it though. No regrets. And the work that I did afterward was, was very rewarding too. being escorting people out of hostile territories. And, um, right. that was for the most part and got to learn a lot about civilian special operations, got to learn a lot about, cause I saw Chinese and Mossad and CIA everywhere. I went <laughs> these guys, there's all kinds of shenanigans going on. And if you just pay attention a little bit, you, you can spot these guys. Cause even out of uniform, they're still in uniform. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yeah, you're just making sense. I mean, you have a little bit more of a lens over your eye for seeing certain things, right? Yes. And so where I may just smile and nod, you're like, bro, just just not your war right now, Rad. Just keep walking. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Glad I did all that. And I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore because now I'm, I just uh, ghost write and edit books, mostly edit and uh-huh. produce books. 
uh, like this Top Gun book, which which is a labor of love. That took 30 years to do because the first book I did was a coffee table book called Top Gun Miramar. And uh, that was the the end result of my having flown at Top Gun and aboard an aircraft carrier, the USS Ranger. <laughs> the so Ranger. cool. And even before, just, just before I reported for duty as a Ranger. So I didn't, I wasn't really happy with that first book with all due respect to the uh, London publishing company. They, they did the best they could. And it was a nice coffee table book, sold 20,000 copies. And just to give you a little perspective, one of the uh, authors I work with was um, the guy who wrote Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, Dan Brown. Sure. And before the Da Vinci Code came out, he had done Deception Point and Angels and Demons, and I edited both of those. He sold about 2,000 copies of Angels and Demons before the Da Vinci Code took off. And so I was really happy because I beat him by about 18,000 because my first book sure. sold about 20,000. <laughs> I didn't quite reach the heights of um, the da, da Vinci Code, though, even though I had a hand in in editing that book and had a great time working working with Dan Brown. And is this the same book, Da Vinci Code, that got turned into a movie with Tom Hanks? Is that the same? Yes. Is it, yeah. Yeah. You know, Dan Brown, was he was kind of pissed off at my edits. And it, I won't get into reason why, but... The director, I guess it was Ron Howard and his production company, they liked my edits and they used some of those in the sure. movie, I heard. Well, I mean, there you go. That's really cool that you have your hand in that. Yeah. And again, I don't I don't even pay attention to it. I just do something. I mean, try to design it, build it, then do it, and then move on to the next thing. And it takes me about 30 years to go back and, and say, oh, I did that. Really? I did that? And then this? I did that? I don't remember that. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> And that's why I said this, the latest uh, coffee table book, it's a 500 page coffee table book, Top Gun. And the, um, I present it to 10 year olds everywhere because 10 years, uh, when I was 10 years old, that's about the time when I really developed my passion for military aviation. Sure. And, and so I'm trying to turn on 10 year olds out there everywhere. Hey, go out and be a fighter pilot. Now, the bitter irony probably is going to be when they, come of fighter pilot age to go to, I don't know, Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, and then go on to flight school after that, we're probably going to be flying exclusively drones. And there probably won't say. even be any piloted aircraft. You know, but that's kind of sad. Nonetheless. Oh, yeah. I've got a good friend I'm, going through drone yeah. training Yeah, right now. That's the, the and he's, oh, uh, yeah. I think he's yeah. about 20, 21 finishing his college, yeah. did a little internship with a senator here locally, and now he's off to drone school. I was like, he's like, I'm going to be a pilot, Rad. Good for him. And I was like, what are you going to fly? He's like, yeah. drones. <laughs> Dr- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, big gulps and joysticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Xbox Those controller coming me. at you. <laughs> I, yeah. Hey, you know that, you know, where they have a lot of those drones, that's Creech Air Force Base in Nevada, named after a friend of mine, one of my dad's bosses, because I knew all those old fighter pilots. Oh, sure. Anyway, so you ask about afterward. So editing, editing books, producing those, and the Top Gun book, oh, yeah, I was getting at, it's for 10-year-olds. I want to turn on 10-year-olds. Sure. So I've got a lot of different chapters. In fact, one chapter, as you probably saw, was written by a 10-year-old student pilot. Caleb Schneider. Yeah, I couldn't even, I saw that. I did. Yeah. And I couldn't think of a, an appropriate chapter name. And so I did a play on words from 
the afterword and the forward. And I call his the boy word. That's what it was. And yeah. so this, yep, this 10 year old boy wrote a chapter for this really cool coffee table book. And then I got a uh, lieutenant air force, retired air force lieutenant general, an old friend of mine to, to write another chapter. And I got this really cool aeromedical neurophysiologist, neuropsychologist, excuse me, to do what's called the, uh, well, the forward, but he titled it the fighter pilot personality. I hadn't seen that anywhere. I think there's some article, a couple of articles out there in the World Wide Web about it. But this guy did such a beautiful job explaining what fighter pilots are made of, how they're made, and using just three main traits, histrionics, compulsion, and narcissism. Those three traits, he contends, make up the fighter pilot. Uh, So he he wrote that. Was his quote the one that said a fighter pilot has great skills? That a fighter pilot doesn't want to have to use his great skills. What was it? Let me find. Let me see if I can find. Exactly. That quote. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah, the, there's a quote it's, similar it's to that, that effect. Exactly. Yes. That was yeah, okay. Says, you know, you know, fighter pilots use they, they use superior flying skills. That's right. So that they don't have to use superior flying skills. That's what. It yeah, was, that's yeah. in uh, his forward. And then I did. I also that. got uh, the son of that yeah. Air Force three-star general to write the afterward. And he and this young guy, his call sign is Ghost. He's an F-22 pilot. So he wrote a really, really cool afterword to it. And he sent me some wonderful patches of his, and I included those in there and some a couple of really, really wonderful pictures, too. It really is a wonderful book. Thank you. Much appreciated. I also included a series of scrapbooks at the end because that's what kids love. I love those. I love collecting patches and awards, decorations, medals. And I have a, a huge collection of medals. Including a lot of medals of honor, too, uh, dating back to the Civil War. So I included uh, the scrapbooks and have a lot of fun pictures of me and a bunch of the fighter pilots and other people, beautiful women at Miramar. Remember the movie? They had the uh, at NAS Miramar, the Officers Club. They had that party. Yeah. (laughs) Really, really fun party where Tom Cruise and and, uh, Anthony Edwards were singing, You've Lost That Love and Feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I lived every minute of that movie, including Miramar O Club on Wednesday nights when it was still at Miramar. Now it's Marine Corps Air Station. And uh, there is no more formal Top Gun except, I think, a derivative of it out at uh, Fallon in uh, Nevada, NAS Fallon. Man, that was, that was just so much fun. So scrapbooks for the kids. And I also have a tribute to. Some of my heroes from uh, World War One, World War Two, Korea, and Vietnam, and I have uh, some paintings of those guys. I included their some of their their top decorations and medals, like medals of honor, and distinguished service cross, silver star, bronze star. Um, just kind of dress it up, and it just to me that appealed to the ten year old in me. So I sure. pray that it'll attract ten uh, year olds everywhere. I don't know if they're going to be able to afford the book, but hey. You know, you know that's what their mom, mom and, dads and dads are listening so. for. Yeah, they're the ones that are. So tell me something. <laughs> so the, right. is, now, is the book. Now, I, I'm fortunate to be able to see a copy of it. You, you advanced it over to me to take a look at it. Where would anyone else yeah. find a copy? Or how can we help? What's going on with that book? Where's Top Gun at? How do we get it? Okay. Well, I'm not quite done with the production yet, but I'm going to be raising money through several different venues like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, mm-hmm. um, Patreon. And so we'll see how that goes. So I'll, 
I'll keep in touch with you and the guys and let people sure. know when they hopefully will become supporters of those campaigns so I can get them printed. A book like this, a 500-page coffee table book, eight and a half by 11, 11 inches high, eight and a half wide. I mean, it's like a and it was like three inches thick, <laughs> yes. super high quality paper. It'll be oh, the, yeah. the highest quality coffee table book you, you can get anywhere. So those things will cost about 30 to $40 each just to produce. Sure. And so that's why I need the assistance of, of other people. I'm going to print thousands of copies and then sell those on Barnes and Noble and, and Amazon. And who knows, maybe on softrep.com too. Hey, you know, if there's a publishing house out there listening right now that's interested in helping, you know, Dino get off the ground, I'm sure he's down to be reached out to. So, <laughs> you know. Thank you. But here's the good news. I own two small publishing companies. Oh, so it's yourself. I've had those for over 20 years. So I've done a lot. Yeah. Other people call it, you know, when they when they want to slam me and slander me, they say, oh, you're self-published. Well, I say, well, F you, because I've had those for years and I publish the work of other people, too. So no, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to take care of the entire production myself. The only thing I don't do is print the books that I, I produce. Sure. So I, sure. I'm very, very fortunate there. The only thing I need to do is raise money for printing the books. And I'm going to have some really, really beautiful gifts. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And the photos that I've seen already of like the F-15 Strike Eagle just climbing and soaring up into the sky and, and the underbelly of the F-16, you know, with its fully loaded armament that's like fully ready. loaded, man. It, yeah. It's fully loaded, Live you know, too, they were. it's Iron Iron Eagle yeah. at its finest, bro. <laughs> Iron Eagle, I remember those guys. Chappy. Yeah. Chappy. Yes, yeah, so I got to get my dad pictures. out, you know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you looked at the book, but... I came up with one-of-a-kind selfies, and I was able to do it against all the naysayers because they said when you start pulling eight and nine Gs, you can't have any kind of grip mounting to mount the camera on. And I said, sure. well, you know, you guys clearly flunked physics in high school because I not only did I do it, but I was able to do it under beautiful conditions, especially with uh, the sun and lighting that produced some super dramatic shots that no one else has been able to recreate. And uh, that's something that I discovered about myself. And I didn't know beforehand that I was actually pretty decent at this. The lighting is stunning. The composition, really, really beautiful. And I really, really enjoyed it. And again, that's where I taught myself photography in the backseat of a high-performance jet. And yeah, that's so cool. It, I think what, what made it even more... Yeah, it was not wild. What made it's it really so cool. interesting is that when you compare, say, a studio photographer, I did studio photography for uh, off and on for nine years after that. And I photographed uh, high-end uh, jewelry and breast implants by Mentor and made them look like jewelry. But uh, beforehand, <laughs> you, I went to a couple of photo studios and I saw what guys did. They could spend all day on one shot. Well, I often had maybe eight seconds for a shot under high G, right? under, you know, wearing 30 pounds a year, sweating my balls off and being uncomfortable, even though it's an orgasmic kind of discomfort. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I had to do that studio kind of photography with beautiful lighting and composition and fire off about six frames per second because we didn't have digital back then. No. And do it all under those stressors. And I found that I could do a, the harder the stress was, the more you dialed it up, the discomfort, the better I got. But my biggest lament is I only got to do every shot one time because you couldn't go back and, and do anything, repeat stuff. Everything was right. just one of a kind. And, and I didn't always get to fly. I would fly every maybe few you, months or six months. Yeah, you needed to take advantage of each opportunity. Did, absolutely had to. Yeah, and had to. of course, I would take 100 rolls of film. Yeah, but here's the, the something I've never told anybody. 
I was aboard the USS Ranger flying F-A-18s doing cap traps. And on the first one and the second one, too, I, I repeated my mistake. I had 100 rolls of film that I left on the aircraft carrier when I took off in the F-18s. So I didn't get any cool shots of the F-A-18s. You, you make that kind of mistake yeah. in the studio. People do that. You make stupid stuff. Uh, you do stupid stuff and you make silly mistakes. And I share that with you because when you have a one of a kind photo shoot, like I did, and every one of mine was one of a kind and you screw it up, yes. there's no going back. You can't repeat it. So no. I, I really, it's a regret, but it was a, a good lesson learned that even when I was really, really excited to step to the jet, I needed to go through my checklist, just like I did with my pilots in the backseat for safety check and to run up the jets. I needed to do that on my own. And, so, and sometimes I forgot or I was just too excited and I skipped a few steps. So leaving behind the film when I was flying in an F-A-18. Like 100 rolls of film. <laughs> yeah. I had 100 rolls of Fuji, 35-millimeter yeah. color color film. Sure. And, well, I don't have anything to show for it except stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to show for it, brother. Yeah, I shot a Canon, uh, the Andre Agassi model back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> was it a T-90 or an EOS? Oh, the Rebel. Oh, yeah, yeah it was yeah, an yeah. EOS. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got I had, it. Yeah, I got the EOS one, but yeah, that was pretty expensive. I was a senior in high school. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that. those are like eight hundred, nine hundred bucks back then. My dad's like, "Hey, you like photography, son?" And I said, "I do." And he's like, "Well, let's get this for your school. You're taking a photography you class." Save. And, yeah, oh, and uh, we cool. he would take cool. me out to this place called Willard Bay. Here, he's like, "I know where some eagles are at," so we yeah, would go yeah. out and try to take the pictures of the eagles oh, up in the trees. Beautiful. And so I just. And I get to travel around and take photographs and work with photographers and talk to guys like you who have, you know, inspiring stories. And when I see, you know, when I do concert photography, I'm always like refreshing myself, which is yes. like a basic tutorial of lighting. I'm like, okay, I got to do these guys on the stage. It's like, yes. Exactly. Did I forget F stop goes up or goes down? And I just refresh myself every time. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at least you get second chances there. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So, you know, you've done a lot of really interesting things yourself. I, I know you do the airsoft stuff, but yes. uh, you've been an actor too. Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah, I still uh, pursue it. And uh, I was in uh, Firestarter for Stephen King and I play Andy I McGee for the, yeah. for the sci-fi series on Sci-Fi Channel. And that was shot here in Utah. And I was, cool. I was blessed to get the part. You know, I auditioned yeah. for it and went through. I was in acting classes, just always working on the craft and just working yeah. in a gym yes. environment for it. And, you know, just I'm yes. ready. Like I was like, put me in the game, coach. I'm, I'm ready to go. And I got cast. Good got for the you. Part, and there was other ones as well. The 9-11 happened and that kind of shut down what yes. was going on due to explosions. And, you know, they actually pushed my series back. And then I was the reoccurring father in all the flash. You'd have to go watch it. Go watch a fire starter. I won't say much more. Yes. I need some residuals, but go ahead. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> so if you watch it, it was going to be a regular series. I know there's royalties, yeah. man. Dennis Hopper, yes. Danny Nucci from uh, Titanic with Leonardo DiCaprio oh, yeah. in it. Seriously, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah Marguerite yeah, yeah. Moreau. So it's cool. Yeah, I've done, I've done some things, and I get uh, to like go around for soft rep to England and host the SAS versus yes. Navy SEALs Delta Force veteran boxing matches. Oh, you know, yeah, 
I get to do exactly that. And uh, I've done that many years in a row. And uh, then we went through this pandemic and that kind of everything's been on tilt, right? The world's on tilt. Yes. You know, I just uh, started traveling recently. So I've been to New York and, you know, down to Vegas and doing some shot show stuff for the business and rep yeah, yeah. soft rep. So it's it's good to see everything getting back. The concerts are coming back. That's what I'm happy about. Yes. Um, I'm getting yeah. ready to go over to London in yeah. June to go see a friend of mine play some shows. So yeah, oh beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so I'm excited. You're having a good old right? time. Hey man, can I be your bodyguard? Yes, I want to be your bodyguard. I will carry your I will carry your camera bag and be your bodyguard. Yeah, because I got one. I do got a camera. I come cheap too because. <laughs> Here's, uh, see, I got some tripod equipment right here for photography. Oh, yeah. I'm down, dude. <laughs> I'll carry all that stuff. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, I, I got yeah, you. I Go yeah. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, probably I, take I, my I, wife. I, <laughs> we're gonna go over to London together, and uh, I'll protect both of you. That's London's fine. Fun. No, that's London's fine. A lot of fun. We're gonna go to yeah. the Tower of London. I got a friend over there, Big Phil. I'm gonna give him a shout out, Big Phil. He's on uh, Force Radio HQ over there, and he's like, "Hey, mate, Yeehaw. you come over here. You got to bring a collar and a shirt with a tie because we got to take him to the Tower of London." So we're gonna go check that out. Uh, if that's all good to go, you know, that's for sure. Oh yeah, and hit every <laughs> pub in London. Oh yeah, exactly. And I just wish there was some snowboarding over there, you know, because that's my jam, right? Let's. You should come do that with me. <laughs> you got to go to Scotland. You come to oh, Utah. That, that I love. We'll go up to Snowbird. Yes. <laughs> Where the two Blackhawks just crashed. Oh man, I don't even want to hear about that. That's heartbreaking. It, I know it breaks my heart. Well, they're picking up some SF guys on the mountain. Oh. And one of them got too low to the curve of the mountain, right next to the ski lift going up, just the, like two weeks ago. Yeah. So. And then the other, so once it hit the ground, it broke its rotor and it shot up and hit yeah. the other Blackhawk, which dropped it onto the ground. Everybody lived, but the SF guys were the first ones on the scene, right? And then they pulled it yeah. out with a Chinook maybe last Wednesday. So they just finally pulled them off the mountain, but everybody survived. That's the positive out of that. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. It would have been cool yeah. to like snowboard off of the, you know, the tail or the <laughs> rotors. No, I just was like, can they leave it? And we'll just hit it. <laughs> You're killing me, man. Well, you know, I was going to say, now that I have so much time on my hands these days, I do a lot of uh, road trips and, oh. you know, around the country, just drive, love driving um, sure. down to the Keys or, you know, Miami, South Beach or up to Savannah, Georgia, where I was stationed uh, as a ranger and up to uh, Virginia Beach, uh, uh, lots of fun places. So, Gonna come out to Utah, oh, and bro. we're gonna hang. And you can tell me some more of those fun stories. Since the interview is not it. about you today, but I would love—I wish it were, because <laughs> I think you've got a lot of really cool things to talk about. Yeah, I've been around the world once or twice. You know, it's it's a fun time, and I, I just think that uh, I'm happy. Brandon of Software Up, you know, Brandon Webb. He's an avid pilot. Yes, bro. he's Webb. always taking pictures. He's always taking pictures in the back of his uh, little RV6 or his little time machine flying around the Statue of Liberty. And, you know, I, I'm always so jelly I because I want to yeah. ride in it, yeah, but I'm just so big. Man. Yeah, I'm just so big. I'm a big dude. I Rad just, is jello. Yes, I'm so jelly. But, uh, yeah, whenever he'll, he'll fly. Yeah, he doesn't even have a car. He just flies. He had a Yak-52. I, 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 I don't know if he still has his Yak-52. Yeah, but a Russian. You mean the Russian Yak? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Go follow yep. uh, Brandon T. Webb's Instagram account, and yeah. you'll see him doing, like, yeah. multiple maneuvers with other yak flyers. 
<laughs> you know, that's when a lot of the old guys get killed because they start messing around with that fun stuff up there in three sure. dimensions and they're having entirely too much I'm fun. And then you read it, their obituary. <laughs> yeah, I'm I got this. <laughs> Black Sheep Squadron, bro. Oh, man. I got, actually, I got to add him to um, that chapter of my heroes. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I want to add Good. a Marine Corps guy to the World War II section of uh, my heroes in the book. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. That's awesome. Yeah, so the uh, the, the book, um, get that thing printed. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope I can get this printed, the first, sure, say, 1,000 sure. copies or so. I'm just hoping for that. You know, all the other books that I've done over the years – when I published them through my companies, they were black and white paperback. And so they were easy to produce and just e easy to print. But this thing is a huge challenge. So I'm asking the world for some grand assistance here. I hope that comes through. I've the stars to align. Well, you've got soft rep behind you. We're behind you. I'm Thank totally you. stoked to have <laughs> gotten to know you. And, you know, the discovery on our, on our, on our chat here has just been wonderful. And, you know, I know we've been going for about an hour and, and I want to thank you for participating and, uh, you know, connecting with me and, and going back and forth with our emails to say, Hey, let's get together. And I would love to have yeah, you back on you. as a, a reoccurring. You have so many things that we can get into, like just airborne school alone, right? Just talking about, Hey man, like, I know we can talk <laughs> about, let's talk about flat mother earth and how many times I prove that the earth is flat. <laughs> Oh yeah, because you have you have ways to show that mountains are really flat. <laughs> and you know, and I got you know a bit, just an incidental story when I was aboard a couple of aircraft carriers and a yeah. destroyer. They have these long range, so cool uh, telescopes <laughs> that can see over the horizon. Because you know the horizon doesn't exist anyway, but you know, they right, can see uh, over a hundred miles out and see another ship. It may only be about six, eight feet tall, small vessel. So on a spherical Earth, you couldn't possibly do that because, <laughs> you know, you, the other ship would be at the end of the curve or beyond the curve. But since the Earth is flat, you can actually see stuff like that. I love talking. And since I've flown uh, to Africa many times and, yeah. and to Dubai and uh, UAE, 18-hour flights, you know, I, I get to sit up in the cockpit and talk to the pilots, and, and we, we talk about flying straight and level, never dipping the nose to go <laughs> oh, wow. to follow like, where the curvature is it of the Earth. Yeah, Crazy. man, so it's, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk about that, because that's where I lose people, and I have uh, even, you know, I was trained in physics and electrical engineering and applied to biology. I was a biophysicist. Um, I get calls from guys. So would you say that Mountains on the Earth are just a part of its flat shelf versus yeah. like because when someone says, "Hey, the Earth is is flat," I say, "Well, look at my mountains. Like you can't, you have to go over them, right? Not quite flat, but if you're looking from yeah, an aggregated yeah. level up above, right, then you're just thinking it's yeah. like a shelf. Yeah, the Earth, just a shelf, right? Yeah. Would there be water uh, falling yeah, down flat. on both sides? No, man. What we're, about the water? We're surrounded by the Antarctic. We're and surround. We're the circumference is the Antarctic seawall or a wall. Interesting. That's what Antarctica really is. It's a circumference. It just goes all the way around. Well, you know, I stopped eating bacon 
that I was force fed when I was little. And I guess I can change my ways of thinking at an older age as well. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you're well, changing my we, mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of have to, when you see things that are proven to you, they are, you can't deny them unless you just want to keep your head in the sand. I've written some books about this stuff and try to educate people about what's really going on and who really runs the world, stuff like that. That's where I, I lose. Oh my gosh. Because nobody, wa- nobody wants a whole other conversation. That's, yeah, it is. And you know, cause no, nobody wants their worldview challenged and I tend to do yeah. that. And it's not because I want to, I'm just curious about the world. And so, and I'm, I'm a trained scientist and researcher. And so I just like looking into these things and I, I can come ask up questions stuff and go, Whoa, man. Yeah. You can question authority. Question. Question so anyway, so all the time, man. I don't yeah. authority. You can be punk rock. See that right there? You could be that's punk right. rock, that's bro. Right. It's okay. That's right, man. <laughs> you know, dude, somebody okay. says no. Yeah, I just <laughs> That's a great conversation for my chairlift podcast. There we go. Yeah, I'll be on that too. But anyway, yeah. yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And I've had a wonderful time meeting you and listening to some of your stories. So uh, let's do it again sometime. With that said, I just want to thank the guys that keep my lights on, SoftRep, SoftRep Radio, SoftRep.com. Thanks a lot for, uh, you know, believing in me to hang out and talk with Dino tonight. So big shout out to SoftRep.com and to you, my listener. I thank you so much. If you have any questions or comments or you want to ask a question of Dino and there's a place that you can post it up on this on YouTube because that's where we're going to be at and on SoftRep.com, feel free to do so. Uh, We'll check them. And uh, I just want to say thanks again to my guest, Dino Gardner, and his book that's going to be coming out, Top Gun and 500, right? Isn't that what it is? 500-page coffee table book, brother. That's what's up. We'll be looking for that. You can check that probably later on on softrev.com. My name is Rad, so I'm going to say peace. been listening to soft rep radio does money stress you out let facet flip your financial chaos into clarity finding facet immediately put us at ease facet's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order that makes us facet for life now i guess (laughs) visit facet.com f-a-c-e-t.com to learn more this ad is sponsored by facet facet wealth is an sec registered investment advisor this is not an offer to buy or sell securities nor is an investment legal or tax advice these testimonials are from current facet members who are not compensated all opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call.
I'm your host, Anthony Delisandra. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. 